0: You like coffee, right? I like coffee. Everyone drinks coffee. If you want to get some specialty coffee and home brewing supplies with free weekday, same-day delivery throughout Winnipeg, check out Never Better Coffee. Visit their website at neverbettercoffee.ca to find out how to drink better coffee at home and get your favourite coffees delivered citywide. Winnipeg's Northern Royals are back with a brand new single produced by legendary Garth Richardson. The new song, Waves, I Want It All, is available now on all platforms, and at NorthernMorals.com. Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, You know, one of the benefits of doing these remote calls, which has kind of been uh, something caused by the pandemic, is that because I'm not going to interview people in person anymore it kind of gives me the option to reach out and talk to some artists who you know maybe are former Winnipeggers or have a Winnipeg connection but aren't living in the city or in the province and um, that's kind of what we're doing here I mean I, I guess on the from the teeming metropolis of Hamilton Ontario <laughs> <laughs> got someone on the line here and I think that the best way to get started is if you want to just introduce yourself and just give a little bit of information about your music we can take it from there
1: yeah yeah I'm, uh, my name's Daniel Glenn Monkman uh, of the Broken Head of Ojibwe Nation, and I'm uh, talking to you from Steel City, Hamilton, Ontario.
0: Right, Steel City. I was trying to think of what the nickname was, but yeah, Steel City, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Winnipeg, too, actually. There's, well, uh, whenever I go downtown and I walk through the back alleys, yeah. it totally re- it reminds me of the, um, of the Exchange District, and I, I find myself being like, shit, this feels like Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, so it's a little uh, homey sometimes here in still City Yeah, that's And cool. it's industrial, it's industrial, kind of like uh, Winnipeg too, you know
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely So um, you, you just released an album not too long ago And I definitely want to talk about that But, I mean, maybe we should start with a bit of background on, on your, your music career here I mean, you are from Manitoba originally, as you said And yeah. um, so what was sort of the trajectory from being here to ending up in Hamilton?
1: oh well well I uh look I I grew up I was born in Selkirk, Manitoba just outside of Winnipeg yeah and, and uh you, you know all my my my, uh, my parents weren't uh together so so I would uh go to Winnipeg uh, every two weeks to visit my dad and my dad was an old rock and roller and uh, same with my mom she played music too a lot of gospel music and bluegrass cool and uh so so I would uh you know, I, I didn't get into music until I was about 15, and when I was just entering high school. But um, but uh, but a lot of my roots are from the Broken Head Ojibway Nation in southkirk and Winnipeg. And um, yeah, so when I was 15 years old, I I, uh, I stumbled into a local uh, thrift store, and I found Beck M- Mellow Gold. Right on and that 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 kind of like set off my uh because before that i thought that i had to be classically trained and i thought i had to stay in band class and in school yeah. in order to be like a musician and have a career and and after i heard uh, a mellow gold i was like shit like i don't really really need formal training to make this work to be a yeah. songwriter you know so uh, i remember i told my cousin when i bought that and after a week i was like oh i want to be a musician and so i so i put out my first record in high school when i was uh i was 17 i put out my first uh it was called gloves and it it, it charted it charted on CKUW for a while without me actually knowing and um and that kind of that's what kind of ignited my uh my musical career i was like oh people are actually listening to my music you know this was like back in uh, i say back in the day but it was just like you know myspace days you know like msn kind of you know it was a little difficult to kind of gauge what what that was at least for me at that time but i knew it was a place where i could put music and people could hear it from winnipeg or from you know the yukon or something yeah and um and and yeah so so i put up the, that that record and i gained interest from a montreal label who were based out of winnipeg too they were called wolven records okay yeah yeah and, that label, yeah Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 then i moved to winnipeg and and i started producing like uh blue blisters the blisters records like um, uh, are you awake and um, and the insects EP and you know that was that was between 2000 and uh, 2009 and 2012 and it was between that time where I was really uh, uh, I was really making myself known as a new songwriter in the Winnipeg scene um, but like most things, and that was happening in my life a lot. Uh, you know, was a lot of tragedy was happening around that time, okay. and uh, I had lost a friend of mine, and and I I I I, I started to you know cope with uh, substances, and eventually I uh, I had to pack up my stuff from Winnipeg, and I started to I, I moved to Vancouver. Vancouver to, to, to a rehab, re- rehabilitation center okay, called okay. Together We Can. And so that, that, I left in 2012, and, and that's when I stopped playing music altogether. I didn't uh, perform music. I, I, I mainly just wrote like music like on my acoustic guitar. But uh, from 2012, I was just kind of venturing all across Canada. I lived in Victoria for a while. I lived in the heart of uh, Vancouver. I, I lived in Halifax. Uh, I lived in Calgary, and then I'm, I found myself back in Winnipeg for a little while um, before making the decision that um, um, that I was going to move to London on or Hamilton, Ontario, and you know try to try to uh, you know uh, become a musician again. I didn't expect to uh, get sa- really signed to a label and start putting my music out and you know have it be heard by a lot of people. I was just kind of like. I felt like it was ready to be a songwriter again okay. and perform.
0: Given all that distance from Winnipeg and living in all those different provinces and everything, did that give you any perspective on on Winnipeg? Um, you know, Winnipeg's music scene, Winnipeg's music culture. Like, just having having experienced being a musician in all these other towns, what kind of reflections do you have on on Winnipeg? Having done that, if that makes sense.
1: Oh well. I just I have a better understanding of uh of, of how hard it is to be a musician in Winnipeg. Yeah. And, and and I just uh it made me realize how special of a city it was and how special of artists uh kind of the the, the trials that they go through, you know, like it's one of the most harshest winters and people yeah. on the West one people on the West Coast don't understand that. They're just like Lane, playing, playing guitar on the beaches and they're like oh man it's okay it's all right man but like in, in winnipeg you know you only got a certain amount of time until you're you have to bunker down in your basement and sure. where it gets really cold and, you know and and i didn't have a car when i was living in winnipeg so it was like really desolate you know to get to places you got to walk outside yep. and and so so when i moved to all these different places i was like damn i, I learned a lot like i became Winnipeg was really where I, I I gained a lot of my, uh, you know, thick skin to be uh, in the music industry.
0: Yeah. Well, and I guess the reason that I asked that is because I'm always interested because I think Winnipeg, like, I think we take ourselves, we take our music scene very uh, seriously in the sense that we give it this kind of importance that I don't know if it necessarily is earned, but we definitely act like, you know, Winnipeg's music scene is the be all end all of everything. And, and like as someone who has been doing this podcast for eight years talking to winnipeg musicians twice a week like you know i'm definitely contributing to that but it's always interesting to hear a perspective from someone who's been here <laughs> and then left right and then seeing sort of how our, our scene compares to to other cities and everything
1: yeah no I, I i i that's the one thing that i always talk about to musicians when i move to a new place it's just you know, like with it I just felt like uh in in Winnipeg it was like really concentrated like the yeah. talent you know it was like if if you you know it if, if it was too cold of a winter or you were not getting gigs and you know the those people usually will give up and but like the ones that are there are like people who are to me are really elitist in a in a weird way to say you know in uh um in and sometimes you know like. I've definitely experienced it in Vancouver where there was just like a flood of musicians, you know, and and I, I, I just always theorized that it was because of the weather,
0: you know. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. mentioned you mentioned Beck, and you mentioned that album kind of giving you the 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 inspiration to to be able to go and do this you know kind of the diy route um what what kind of other stuff were you listening to at the time when you first started becoming a musician and how has that changed over the years like your your tastes
1: oh well my my you know i still listen to the same music just before talking to you i you know i was listening to nick drake and nick drake is like one of my all-time favorite songwriters and guitarists and uh and you know like i always scroll down my my spotify my apple music and to see what what musicians i have saved and what albums and it's always you know the same and even back then uh, i was just listening to nick drake back um you know um what else what was i listening to I don't know of oh, Brian Wilson for sure. That's all what I grew up on the okay. Beach Boys. That was the big one, and and now when when I was listening to those music back then, it was like they were real. You know, Brian Wilson. Pet sounds a really complex album, and Definitely. just a lot of his songwriting. And so when I when I like when I listened to it back then, I just more listened to the sounds, and I was like, oh, this is really nice. And I knew that it was good. But now that I'm more of a mature songwriter and uh, a little bit further in my career than I was before I, I look at it in a different way and I appreciate it. It's like this new breath of fresh air, okay. you know, like listen, listen to the Nick Drake record. And now I understand like how hard it what, must have been back then to make all those arrangements. And yeah. And it, it's just a different level of appreciation. So I do, um, I still listen to the same, the same music, you know, it's pretty, uh, but uh, that's just me. That's my always, my friends always say that.
0: Well, I don't know if that's actually unusual because I th- I remember reading somewhere that like when you hit about age thirteen or fourteen, whatever music you're listening to then, regardless of what it is, it's always going to sort of stick with you, and it's yeah, sort of like in totally. your brain as this is the best stuff ever, even if you completely <laughs> change genres that you like, right? That that stuff still. And yeah. for me too, that the stuff I listened to at that age is permanently embedded. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah it totally. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> do you hear like when you listen back to your own stuff? Do you hear some of those influences in there? Like, do you say do you hear something and say, oh yeah, I can pick out the Nick Drake in this or i can pick out the brian wilson uh, and the reason i'm asking this too is because you know having listened to your your most recent record um the lushness of it definitely i can see why brian wilson would be an in- inspiration there but is that yeah. something that you're kind of noticeably picking out when you when you hear hear what you've done
1: mm, i think um i think the way that i write is bit, is kind of similar to brian wilson where you just kind of uh you kind of go into a hypnotic trance, and okay. you just kind of let let your subconscious take over. That's the only way that I can describe it, is because I write in such like an improvised fashion, where I don't really, I'm not like I like I'm not like Paul McCartney, where I'm like, okay, boys, let's sit down and it's like write a hit right now. Yeah, yeah. I've just, I, I kind of have to have my like I, all, uh, around me right now are just instruments and. And whenever I just feel like inspired, I'll flick it on, and you know I'll start playing. That's that's kind of how I, that's just how I I write, and I think that's very similar to the influences that I um, that I a lot of my influences. Okay. You know, like Brian Wilson or Kevin Shields. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And and I uh, it's it's, yeah, I'm that's uh, but that, that's very similar to uh, you know those people, and I th- I think that's just like um a lot of artists are like that too, you know,
0: is that sort of approaching songwriting more as like coming up with a texture first rather than like
1: a specific sort of verse chorus verse sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of both, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes when I'm writing a chorus, I'll just be strumming like a chord that I really, love, two chords or three chords that sound really nice together. And then, and I'll start just like humming like a vocal thing or something. And yeah. so it's, it's, but then sometimes when I have the song already created, I'll stumble upon uh, the textures and, and stuff by it, just by pure chance, to be honest. That's why I'm really scared to always to make... That's why I was really ultimately scared to sign a record deal is because I don't know if I'll be able to write another one. Like, I just feel <laughs> like I, I've just been kind of faking it this whole time just like by the gift of what the universe has yeah, done. Yeah. I'll stum- stumble upon uh, like a texture or a loop and i'll be like okay this will work but like i don't know how to do it you know because that's not i just that's why i'm really terrified most of the time
0: right right is it just because it's like the inspiration happens and then it's there and you can't sort of force yourself to write something like that
1: yeah yeah that's it that's a it's a it's a very delicate process that's why i don't in studios okay i always just do do a lot of the recording on my own on my computer before I uh, take it to somewhere like uh, that's very strict with uh, time
0: cool so when you when you have something like that that's this you know kind of born of that inspiration and something you're sort of working out as you go along uh, what is the kind of feeling when when it's well received like I mean how do you respond when someone tells you how much they love the record or or the, the song has kind of touched them in a way that you know maybe wasn't intended just because of the way that you constructed the song in the first place
1: yeah i um it's 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 a very odd thing even just like you know like uh i was talking to my girlfriend about like leading up to this interview i was like oh gosh i'm like i'm like so nervous i was like because normally i don't like reach out and say oh hey i would like to be on your show i normally (laughs) never do that because i I normally just like i try to keep be very humble in music and even even with the now that the album's out and people it's you know kind of being uh well received i i still find it very like narcissistic to like be talking about it and i find it very i find it hard at times you know but uh but when people tell me like say a, a first nations youth or something tells me like oh you know like i read your story about how you never uh you you never were proud of your ojibwe heritage but now you are and so it's it's stories like that when it's when when the music was a way to connect people yeah. to connect me with uh, some real stuff you know that's 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 kind of what I'm looking at rather than uh, someone analyzing my song and being like oh or something you know I I like it where someone listens to the music but then hears something else that I may have said would they connect on a more uh, human level not saying that music isn't human but uh, <laughs> it's just like um, you know it's uh, it
0: just yeah, no, i I get- I get different. what you're saying for sure, yeah, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, like you do seem definitely humble and self deprecating almost about it, and uh, so that's that's why I asked right, I mean it seems like it would be some people are very very uh you know almost cocky about their music and how great it is, and, and it's a very different kind of experience talking to someone like that because of just the yeah, way they yeah. present themselves right, but uh yeah, you seem very uh kind of not hesitant to talk about it because obviously we're talking right now, mm. but yeah, it's like that, that the humbleness comes through for <laughs> sure does um
1: yeah no uh oh go ahead go ahead oh no i was just gonna say like i just um you know with with when i put when i when i put out my uh first records in like 2007 to 2012 i was uh you know in winnipeg i was very i wasn't as humble you know okay. I, I hadn't i hadn't lost i hadn't lost a lot you know i was going through life and a lot of things were happening and i was very like full of myself and and it was when i started uh losing friends to like um drug overdoses and sure. uh once my music kind of like when woven records went bankrupt and i got stuck with the the uh recording costs for like 4 years i i started when i went through my healing journey i had to like look at myself and realize that my ego played a huge role in the 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 disintegration of my uh my soul at that time okay. so so now that I have a second chance, I want to be humble about it as much as possible because at any time it can be really taken away, you know. Sure, definitely,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess having experienced that firsthand too, right? Like, you, you, you have a perspective yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you were previously kind of um, uncomfortable with the, the your, your cultural heritage and everything. Like, has, has that changed mm-hmm. along with kind of your perspective? Like, like you're just saying, your perspective on... on being humble about your music and and then taking the ego out of it is that all kind of gone along together with it or was that something that happened earlier kind of your embracing of, of your of your background
1: yeah so so um so when i left uh winnipeg to go to rehabilitation center in vancouver i uh, the program that i was indoctrinated into was called was the 12 step uh na program okay. basically it was it was basically that so it was like it was a lot of christian talk a lot of god talk and and a lot of stuff like that and and i always just found myself very conflicted internally about um devoting myself to this kind of christian belief and and i found myself going in circles within the program and and you know i got out of rehab and and i would go to these meetings and stuff and it was really god-based and it, it was really it was a daunting for me and so uh I, I found myself relapsing and emotionally, physically, and substancely, but um, but it wasn't until I was introduced to uh, um, the Seven Grandfather Teachings, and that's a that's basically like the native version of the twelve step NA program. Okay. And it it was within that program that I learned a lot about my culture, and I learned how actually beautiful it was, and I learned all the different ceremonies that were very meditative and it was there it was then that i found the love of um of my culture again cool and and um and and then and then it trans trans um it went into my uh my songwriting after that sure whereas before i didn't really i didn't really sing, sing about my culture or anything it was just kind of about myself yeah yeah yeah
0: We think that there's a, It definitely seems like there's a uh, kind of a renaissance of indigenous music in Canada um, in that there's a lot of artists that are that are getting very high profile I mean deservedly like a lot of really great artists coming out from all over the country and it just seems like there's yeah. more mainstream indigenous music of all genres now yeah, than there ever I know. Been.
1: like totally, I don't, totally. Know I don't know if it's
0: a question so much as just like hey I noticed this but yeah it seems like a good thing yeah. right like that, that that's no. finally coming up
1: to the the mainstream totally and and when when i was putting out music like i was saying in like 2007 and there was like there was real no there was no um indigenous artists that i could actually like contemporary artists that i thought that um you know that i drew inspiration from i was like i felt like i felt like i was completely alone especially doing like um the shoegaze genre you know i was just like back then that was kind of before the whole um shoegaze renaissance or uh, resurgence, you know, yeah, yeah. where it, it, you know MPV started tuning again, and then all it was like everyone was uh, doing shoegaze But I just remember um, leaving the music scene and leaving my music behind, and and not really remembering if I had connected with a lot of First Nations artists. And and it was just so beautiful, like you were saying. Like I used to make jokes that, like, you know, not re- necessarily jokes but just uh, like observations that like, you know, native indigenous people, like we're not uh, entrepreneurs really, you know, there's not really mainstream entrepreneurs. There's no real like mainstream um, comedians, really. There's no, you know, there's filmmakers. I was like, we're kind of like, we're really in the shadows for a lot of, uh, in pop culture. And, and, and it was just so beautiful to watch over the last decade when I, as I, as I returned, like so much had changed, you know, like in the, yeah, it's like you were saying. Like, there's like pop music that's yeah. saying in, in Inuit mute in language, and I just, I, I, I. That's kind of the reason why I decided to put music out again because I saw this big push happening, and I was like, okay, well, you know, like this, like this, this seems like a great time for me to like, you know, put my music out again.
0: Yeah, for sure, and I think that maybe for for a long time too. Like you're saying you weren't seeing that kind of stuff in genres of music like pop for example because it no. would be there'd be like you know traditional music that would get highlighted at award ceremonies and stuff like that but not you know indigenous rock bands or, or punk bands or, no. or, or, or shoegaze artists or pop artists or whatever and now it just seems like there's yeah it's it's a lot more prevalent which is really cool because people are hearing people like me you know being some white guy from Winnipeg we're hearing a lot more <laughs> cool stuff that was was there all along right but now it's it's finally yeah, yeah. up to the surface so yeah it's, uh, it's yeah, I think it's good it's a good thing
1: Oh, yeah, it's a great thing. It's 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 probably, it's it's an amazing time for me to be alive, you know, and, and um, you know, I'm just so excited that uh, I, I get to be part of this kind of indigenous next wave that's happening, and, yeah. you know, whether I like it or not, I'm kind of, like, on board with it, and, um, you know, there's some, certain things that I don't like about the industry and, and how they tokenize um, First Nations artists or people of color, too, you know, sure. or just... Or just not i or anyone in general it doesn't matter what race you are i just i i see the music industry as they they exploit us right and and um so i I am happy to see more uh first nations artists in the mainstream, but i also i am always i always wanted to I want to protect us too because you know it's um whenever there's something trending, you know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, record record labels will always see like profits before like uh, preservation of um, the person I find. Sure, you know? yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. How has um, this whole pandemic thing affected you? Like, what's it? What's it like out there in Hamilton as far as kind of the way that they the whole quarantine and and everyone locked down and everything? I, I imagine it's different than Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I think we're entering phase two or phase three, and but before that, to be honest, um, you know, um, if it, it, it was, it honestly wasn't too bad here because in Hamilton, it's a very, it's not a very populated city. Yeah. It's 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 decent, but it's spread out. So in the area that I live in, um, there's not a whole lot of people, and so. I was able to like you know go out for a walk and I was able I'm able to go for a jog if I want to but I've I've definitely I'm definitely part of the um people who are privileged you know like you know uh, when I go downtown I do see a lot of the the you know the pain the suffering you know like we had a lot of people die um last year from the heat and I can't even imagine what what people are going through right now yeah. but for me personally, for me personally, I have like a backyard and we have a, I have a garden going. So I've just kind of been uh, trying to be very, um, you know, just slow key, low key. You know, we have a beautiful garden and just trying to uh, be mindful of, um, you know, I I, I know that, that a lot of people were harmed by this, but it definitely has given a lot of people to, uh, um, the opportunity to and. Uh, to kind of take a look at the world and and to see that you know we have a lot of the population has been exploited and uh, i think it's like this great awakening or something you know it's uh, something um something we're all part of you know that's yeah. just happening
0: do you see that this do you see this as something that might affect the music business in a positive way just in the sense that everyone's kind of in the same boat right now, whether you're, a, you know, a, a million selling artist or a guy playing in a band in his basement, like, no one can do a yeah. show. I mean, yeah. you, you know, they're sort of starting to slowly come back now, but do you think that it might have a, 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 maybe a good impact as far as independent artists are concerned?
1: Definitely. It's like what it's like um, like what I was saying, how people are starting to realize, you know, a lot of different, you know, people are starting to realize a lot of different um um, flaws in our in our society, sure. and, and and supporting the arts is one that's been kind of put put on the back burner for for a lot of different things. And you know, you know, uh, I think now uh, the normal normal the normal people um, are starting to understand that how we're affected, you sure. know. And and I, I see it, I see a lot of changes with like say Bandcamp, you know, really stepping up and. Um, and making it a, a a very good place for for artists like say like me to make money off of yeah. putting out a record rather than Spotify who's like you know trying to just take everything and give nothing.
0: Yeah, for sure. So with with this album that you just put out recently, like when did it come out in June? Is that right?
1: June nineteenth. Yeah. So yes. that
0: that was kind of right in the kind of middle of this of this pandemic. So how how, how did that affect yeah. you? Like, I mean, was that always the plan before this even happened to release it in June, or or did like. I, that's got to be a difficult thing to promote and to,
1: to, to kind of get out there yeah.
0: when you're everyone's yeah, inside.
1: It, yeah, it was it was it was actually a really difficult decision. Um, we didn't we we, we always had uh, June nineteenth. We always had that as our our day. You yeah. know, for the for the almost for almost eight eight months now, or even before that. Sorry, before that, because it's been four months in quarantine. So it's like probably almost shit like almost 10 months ago when yeah. we when we said okay june, june 19th this is going to be the date and then and then things started unfolding and you know we were in new york when 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 they started locking down the city and we had to get out of there and and i remember talking to my label and being like so like what are we gonna do and you know by that time we all we all we were already three months into our pr campaign yeah, so yeah. we we really we really couldn't stop we could have stopped we could have stopped, but um but the label and stuff they were just kind of like you know we should just do it you know we should just put it out you know this might be a good thing because a lot of people are at home listening and and um and and i and, I, and, I, and you know what june was uh, um was an indigenous history month so yeah yeah I, so i i thought it was a good time to put it out you know considering all that we could have waited till all this was done but You know, I I said, you know, this is a good month. There's a lot of uh, racial uh, awakenings happening. And and this album, my album, at least played into uh, um, a a much bigger role for me than I had predicted because uh, what I had felt across Canada and the United States, that, while Black Lives Matter was happening, I felt like a lot of Indigenous issues at the same time were being overshadowed. So putting this record out on... in Indigenous History Month at that time, I felt like it was a really um, positive move on mine because I was able to share some of our stories and cross my, my album release into bringing awareness into what was happening in Canada for Indigenous people. So it was, uh, it, was it was, it seemed very tricky and I felt like it was going to get really dirty, but in the end, it, uh, it went very smoothly considering everything that was happening.
0: it depends on the band of course and on the artist but a lot of people have been completely stalled and they had massive tours planned and those are canceled and album releases yeah. pushed back and things so it sounds like you've at least kind of made the best of yeah. it and found a way to to be positive definitely.
1: about it definitely yeah there was yeah like all of my musicians friends um they all had to cancel tours and a lot of them you know just just were selling out of their records so then they just had to restocking a bunch of records and then a week later it got or a a a month later i got all shut down yeah yeah you know i was i was very very fortunate that um that um that i uh at that time i didn't print a whole lot of like say merch and i didn't invest in like you know gear to rent or hotels booking booking flights to a different country you know like I I really uh I really dodged a bullet on um on a different thing and um that's but that's partially why during my PR campaign I was trying to help out as much uh, as my friends as I could and yeah you know um veer people towards them and stuff you know shit
0: yeah it's a it's a completely messed up time for for anyone anyone to be regardless of what industry you work in yeah are you looking forward to getting yeah either the way.
1: Oh yeah, like um, you know, um, I, I've had a really hard time with uh, playing live. But for the for the last year, we were we were like get kind of like getting me ready to be playing more shows, and so I was getting into this groove of being on the on, on the road and on you know networking with people and yeah. promoting the album. And we were in New York and we were doing this cool festival down Brooklyn on the Lower East Side, and and we were like. You know, we were, we were feeling the hype and then, and then it kind of, um, we left out of like a really bad, it wasn't a bad note, but it was, it was a mixture because there was, the festival was just every day. We didn't know if our shows were going to get canceled and, and who know we didn't know if people were going to show up and, you know, only five people showed up to one and it was supposed to be like the biggest festival, you know, and like, it, it was like my manager showed up to the show and he was like shaking. I was like, Brendan, like, what's wrong? And, it's just like Uh oh, the shutting down the city I we're renting a van, we're taking off tomorrow, man. And I was like, Well, I guess I'm gonna stay you know, like I guess I'll keep promoting and in the end it was good because um some new uh some magazine people actually came to our show and and while our album was coming out, they were they were giving us so much support that ultimately helped us get reached so many people and cool. Uh it was it was very scary, but I'm very eager now because we left that and and now that there's a lot more attention happening on with the record, I'm like, you know, very eager to get out and and mostly to uh, mostly just to um, um, recoup, you know, album costs, you sure, know, with the record sure. label. Because right now I'm indebted to them and I, I can't really, you know, it, selling records is kind of like the main source of uh, income or way to. You know, to recoup those kind of costs.
0: Yeah, well, and if you're not playing shows too, a lot of people probably aren't buying physical records. You know, if they're not seeing you at, yeah. at a gig or something, right? So yeah,
1: and as you said, Spotify no, doesn't no,
0: doesn't pay the bills.
1: No, no, it was it's actually been Apple Music that's helped us out the most, okay. and and we've been able to we've been able to sell uh, at, you know a good amount of records where I'm actually like floored. I didn't expect it, but it's because of what I was saying earlier like Bandcamp really stepping yeah. in and and um making and taking the initiative as like a a corporation who's like you know makes profits off of us. So I uh, you know I I am uh, against corporations, but like I think uh Bandcamp has you know played out a big role on the records we have sold and yeah. um I uh, I'm very grateful that for that because it's uh it's been kind of a blessing. But I know there's tons of artists everywhere who, you know, don't share the same experience.
0: Sure, yeah, yeah. So is bandcamp kind of where you would steer people at this point if if you know, while the quarantine while the uh pandemic's still on, if someone wants to pick up one. Totally, of moms, yeah.
1: Totally, yeah, yeah. Through Bandcamp or or through Paperbag's website. I would I would honestly say paperbags website just because Bandcamp, if they're doing the fee thing where they're donating the fees to a good cause yeah. then that's probably the best time but but other than that they take 10% of everything so um so if you if you want to if the, the fee thing isn't happening go through the website of cool. uh, banks and that kind of cuts out that 10% which you know, I'm already giving up a huge percent.
0: <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. So, if someone is, you know, hearing about you for the first time on this podcast, or even if they already know your music and kind of want to hear more, want to want to buy some, want to find out when you're playing shows once this is all
1: over, what's the best option for them there? How do they find out? Yeah. Kind of what you're up to? I would, uh, I would say we're m- I'm most active on my Instagram account and okay. Twitter. Okay. And and the handles are and Music. Okay. For uh, for both of them,
0: and then is there? And what's the Bandcamp address?
1: Do you if you know it offhand? Oh yeah, yeah. That's uh, Zungadwan Music at uh, Bandcamp.
0: Cool, and I'll, I'll link think. to that too in the show notes too, so someone is trying to figure out how to spell that because it's you know it's uh, it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. They uh, <laughs> can just click there. And find <laughs> it. What is the uh, what is the meaning yeah. of that name, by the way?
1: Oh yeah, so this so this goes back to um, when I was learning about the seven grandfather teachings. Yeah um uh and and when it came time to cuz um, cuz i i started off with naming myself blisters based solely based off of uh the blistex uh lip chap company okay yeah 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 uh you know i was just a young kid and i always had dry lips so i'd always <laughs> use blistex it was always in my pockets and uh, in my pocket and so I, I i was just like oh name my band blisters and just like whatever it doesn't matter just the name yeah and then uh i re- i realized that was a really stupid name so so uh in in, in 20 in in 2015 i changed it to bloom yeah like, like a flower of a flower blooming and i put out a couple a couple singles and i almost put out an album which uh i i kind of shelved and i'm putting out later next year and, and then, and when it came time to uh, put out this record, um, uh, uh, a label person that I was talking to was like, Oh, Hey, Daniel, I'll just suggest that, you know, there's about like 250,000, uh, uh, flower companies called bloom, uh, different <laughs> variations of bloom. Yeah. So I, they're like, you might want to consider changing it if you want to like make an impact on these social media platforms. And, and so, so I, I so I spent just a couple of days just like digging into, uh, you know things that I've learned throughout the years, and phrases that I've put on my notes and stuff like that. And and I came back to my uh, the seven grandfather teachings, and one of the teachings is uh, Zungadwin, okay. and um, and it, it means uh, brave bravery basically in in uh, the Ojibwe language. And and I just I felt like it resonated with me because um, I've just um, you know. Um, thinking back of my mom and how much she sacrificed and, you know, the courage that it took to be a single parent mom in the nineties, you know, sure. taking care of four kids, she sacrificed so much. And same with my dad, you know, my dad sacrificed his childhood, you know, and it's, it's just, um, it was something that resonated. And then for myself, you know, I, I as just, a you know, I saw all of my, to cope with my traumas, you know, I, I use substance mm-hmm. and, and to get, to give that up, to confront all of my uh, past traumas was, I thought, was very courageous. So, in a, in a of a narcissistic way, I, chose, I, 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 I took it from that my that my, from my experience, but mostly from from my mom. My mom was, uh, you know, the the only ro- real role, re- role model that I had, or real model that I had okay. in my life.
0: Okay, well, I mean, it's definitely it stands out more than Bloomwood for sure. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, there's definitely <laughs> yeah. a lot of blooms out there. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's, 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 and I, I guess you probably get asked quite a bit. Sorry, I just dropped my recorder. Uh, I guess no. you, probably, you probably get asked quite a bit, like about the meaning of the name and everything too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I imagine it's kind of a, a, a nice, a, a nice sort of in to talk about the cultural aspects of your music as well, right?
1: Totally, totally. And and you know, the label, um, the label has. Um, they didn't they weren't too sure about the full name. They're like, Oh, it, we love the full name but um uh, is a really nice one for short so people could like yeah. pronounce it and stuff and, and I kinda played just dumb I I, I really um I I uh I kinda just agreed with them. Just was like, Oh whatever, yeah, you know, it's it's still the same meaning. Yeah. but uh, now that the record's out and and people are starting to find out about the full name, and people are even just calling it Zoom Godwin rather than Zoom. and, and I, I you know, I recently spoke with my label, and I was like, "Hey, like I want to switch the name for my next release, like I don't want to use Zoom." Cool." And uh, they, they came on board, so I've I've actually uh, I've, I really loved that, you, because know, cool. uh, Zoom just you know in, in German uh, our, uh, I always get these like weird uh, German people messaging me being like, "Oh, hey, Zoom!" And like I guess it means sun in in German okay. or something, and then in a bunch of other cultures they're like oh Zuner and like it's a close friend and stuff, and, and it's just kind of like it's it's taken away from actually what it actually means. Yeah, so yeah,
0: totally. Yeah,
1: I, I have a I have an EP that I'm working on right now, and that it'll be definitely be called Zungado in the full name.
0: Cool, cool. Well, yeah, like, uh, again, I'm glad we could make this happen because uh, it's always nice to kind of talk to people who have the Winnipeg connection because that's kind of the whole motif of the show, yeah. I guess, right? But, I mean, there's so many people from Winnipeg because the music scene is so large and deep and, and like, the talent pool is so deep that there's so many people who have gone on to, to bigger and better things in different parts of the world. And I'm glad we could uh, yeah. we could link up for sure. I really dig the record. It's, it's, it's awesome. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hear the next nice. thing you put out
1: thanks man thanks man thanks for having me i i uh, i honestly uh i uh, i i love um i love winnipeg so much so i'm just so grateful to be uh uh back in it you know i uh yeah yeah because because this will obviously reach your winnipeg audience and i i'm sure i have some some friends there who will uh you know, uh be like, Oh shit, Daniel, he's doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, know, right because not a lot of them know that I switched names and you know, a lot it's just now that my name is starting to get kind of attention. So yeah. yeah. It, it'll it'll be nice to to get some some of those Winnipeg people back on my radar.